podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, and welcome to another post-conference presser. And this time, ladies and gents, it's European royalty. Real Madrid are set to arrive at Anfield tomorrow in a humongous game, a humongous occasion. I'm your regular host, I'm Dave Davis. I am in a a Baltic and windswept Edinburgh, absolutely freezing to death, but there we are. And I'm very, very pleased to say, I've got a good pal of mine, the musician himself, Ragamuffin's frontman, David Jags. Jagsy, how are we? I'm good when you were referring to European royalty. I thought that's the nicest thing anyone said about me for a while, but you know. Yeah, I've, I've heard worse, but we won't go into that. So yeah, absolutely. Pleasure to be joined by yourself. So we have got a million things to run through, ladies and gents. We've got the normal format. We'll talk about the press conference. And you always forget with the Champions League one, they send a player first, don't they? So we've got Cody Gakpo and then Jurgen Klopp's comments to run through. We'll look back, which literally seems like yesterday, doesn't it? The Newcastle game. So we'll talk about clues from that victory. We'll talk about Madrid threats. And boy, have they got a fair few to watch out for. Then we'll lean on to our predicted formation, our predicted lineup. And then Jagsy will play beat the host as he goes for score and first score. And I am pleased to say that I did win it last time with Darwin Nunes bagging the opener at St. James's Park. So it stands at 2-2. So all to play for. Right, Jagsy, let's get into it because I always forget with the Champions League. It's the two-part press conference. The, uh, the player goes first before Jurgen Klopp steps up. So Cody Gakpo, interestingly. Got sent up. Yeah. Not a member. Not a member of the leadership group. Not a. I say a big name, but I suppose he's a senior player for the Dutch. The, what I thought he did well. There was a lot of what I call politicians' answers. He, he's played this gig before. He knows the gig. You know, straight back. But the one question that I did really want to pick up on, which I did like, it was the last one. He was asked about his position since he came into Liverpool, because probably a bit like me, the journal was asking that. Usually you play on the left, but you've been in the middle. So we asked him about that. I thought it was a great question. So Gakpo was quite honest, said usually, usually he does play on the left, but specifically in the Dutch team under Van Harlen at the World Cup, he's played centrally. I suppose with Gakpo, because it wasn't maybe the greatest of starts in the first few games, but two and two, or you can ask for it in recent games. When you've looked at him since he's been here, and, and maybe it's a question of what you expected as well, where do you see his best position for us currently? I mean, I think it's quite a difficult one. I mean, um, it's been the first, he has been undoubtedly the first player in, in an attacking position we've had for a while where a player's come in when we've not been in the best of Nick. 
mean, yeah. going going back, to, well, probably since Firmino, um, and ironically, with people saying that 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 he might ultimately be the heir to to Firmino, um, in a longer sense because they can see him kind of functioning in a sort of uh, maybe maybe in an evolved false nine position. Yeah. Um, because you know, no one's ever going to come in and do the same job as Firmino's done for us. For first of all, no one, no one, he he almost created it for himself. But also, um, the need for that is going to have evolved in 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 the time since since that that became a thing. True. So, um, because football moves on, and and if you don't move on with it, then then you can very quickly be left behind. I mean, it. it Seems you know you could. It seems only a couple of years ago that someone like Mourinho was seen as like uh, <laughs> the next the next generation of coaches, and then all of a sudden he's being called a dinosaur. Yeah. So you have so so when you do evolve a football position, like then obviously that changes. But so may, maybe the way he plays the game uh, is is the 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 natural next step of of of, of a Firmino. Um, in, in that sort of position, um, but obviously it's been a difficult one to judge. I mean, um, a lot of people I know who who, who like to have bold, uh, who like to be able to think that they can judge a player and and how great a success they'll be at Anfield on, on sixty minutes have already sort of written him off. Yeah, uh, and I think that's unfair. Um, I mean, obviously he's not he's not exactly been. <laughs> it, it wasn't like a sort of Mane away at Arsenal debut where you're True. sort of coming off the back of it and, 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 and you know you, you just can't wait to see him again so uh, and when you consider the players that were missing and what they've offered to the team in the past you sort of you'd have to say that you, you, you're thinking well you know it's what he can do maybe in, in 20 games time rather than what he can offer us now but the bottom line is Jota's not ready Firmino's probably not ready either, so he's going to be starting. Um, yeah. And I think the interesting thing is that you could probably argue that you know, with us being overstocked on that side, because you could argue that um, certainly Diaz, certainly Nunes, probably Jota as well, are all players that like to play on that left-hand side and come in. True. But then you're thinking that if we are overstocked in there, but all all of them, possibly with the exception of Diaz, can play as a centre forward as well. Then you're thinking that the way that players move and in change position and how that can pull defenders out of position and confuse defences and possibly leave spaces for the midfield runners as well. Um, that's something that we might be looking at doing in the future. So having a player who can play on the left and cut inside and swap positions with someone who plays as a centre forward is, is something that I think might might help us. So um, it it might be a case of he plays a number of different positions within games, uh, and it, it depends on the the other personnel who are playing alongside him. Is the yeah. short answer, I think, Dave. Yeah, no, but I, <laughs> I didn't I did disagree with anything that was said. I think the one thing I, d- I did like because you did see almost the. Uh, the hint of the old school for me, you know, is in dropping D, which gives the the two who are wide, sort of inverted forwards as they're called, aren't they? Especially Nunes mm-hmm. Salah, that, that ability to go in. What I did like, and I don't know, maybe it's harsh the way it's been looked at because people will put them in that Firmino bracket. 
Firmino doesn't have that acceleration that Gakpo has, does he? You've seen him just a few times when he's, you know, he's turned a man and he is away, so it does open up something. And like you said, it's it, different positions, different formations. I mean, in a 4-2-3-1, he could probably play about three roles for me because he could play just behind the front man, from the left, even be the front man as well. So, well, I'd, I'd yeah, I was, I mean, the the one, that, I mean, I, I think it's something, I, the first, because then you think about it, Firmino was ultimately, that when he was at his absolute peak for us, it almost felt like he was picking the ball up in midfield and starting a move and somehow he was being able to to break the lines and get into the box as well. Yeah. Um, and you were like, <laughs> so it, I mean, ultimately, the, I suppose the idea of a, on a football pitch when you have when you when you are trying to run more and outrun the opposition is that it makes you feel like you've got an extra man. Potentially, at times, it felt like we had an extra two men on, on, on the pitch at any one time. And Firmino was certainly key to that. And I think when it was when the goals dried up a little bit for him. Um, and it felt like he wasn't really operating the same way. It was perhaps his his energy levels must have dropped a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, it, it's difficult to maintain that sort of level of 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 running for like year in year out, year in year True. out, without something dropping off a little bit. So, um, I mean, listen, you only have to look at Firmino, and that uh, we wouldn't have got to Paris without his goals last season. Whether it's yeah. away, at, whether it's away at Milan. I mean, into Milan, um, even his even his goals at home against Benfica, they they'd have at least taken us to, to extra time. It hadn't been for them, so yeah. Um, so we still certainly got something to offer, but not in the same. Not offering like the the sort of 2017, 18, 2018, yeah. 19, and 1920 Firmino. I don't think so. Um, which is okay. So you know what what you get out of him, but. Um, you're obviously going to be looking at the, the, the next Firmino uh, or the next player to, to do a job in that in that sense, and um, yeah, that might that might very well be what they're looking at Gakpo to be. Um, and ultimately, who better to learn from than the man himself? True. Yeah. And listen, two into I think as you said, a, a difficult start in a difficult period for the team, but. I would say just starting to look like a Liverpool player as well. So fingers crossed that's going to look, as we say, because you can't judge off the first 60 minutes, as some will do, but in a good few months or a year or so, we're looking at that as a handsome investment. So yeah, fingers crossed. But I was impressed he stepped up for the the press conference as well, because he's not a member of that leadership group, but seemed more than comfortable. So that was pleasing. But he was still the preview for the big man stepping out. So Jurgen Klopp, I mean, like everything's big about this tie, the teams, the reputation, the managers on either side. So naturally, Jurgen was asked about many things, but especially about the opposition Real Madrid. So, you know, he's played them many times before. And I, I thought a good question, he was asked, is it the ultimate test? And he said, yes, it is. It's the experience they have. They don't lose confidence when things go go wrong. You know, they, they don't sort of succumb to the pressure but was keen to say a few times as well, we will give it, give it everything. I suppose, I always think there's contrasting reports over Ray, I'll be honest, Jackson, because even last year, people were writing them off when they lost a few games in the group stage. And then this year, I'm kind of hoping it's not deja vu, but I'm seeing the articles are, oh, listen, this ain't the same team. It's 11 points behind Barcelona. Is, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. As was said, is this still the toughest test for you? in European football 
I, I mean, I think it has to be. I mean, the bizarre thing is when you, I mean, I mean, when when you consider the last twenty years and the well, yeah, going on for going on for twenty years now. When you think about it, um, and the teams that have been the, the the sort of the peak of European football, when when you go and play five a side in the in the park and the, and people say. Oh, you, you string a couple of passes together. Someone will always joke and say, "Oh, it's like watching Barcelona." And the thing is, Barcelona have only won was it is it three Champions Leagues in that time? Yeah. And Real Madrid have won God knows how many. <laughs> yeah. And, it's like, and 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 so it's it is absolutely mind blowing the way that they have that they aren't really discussed in the same. In, in that sense, just because they are a lot more pragmatic as a football team and, you know, you kind of consider the money that they spent and the, the, the record transfers that that, 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 were, that were smashed, you know, bring in, yeah. you know, bring in your Gareth Bales and your, your Ronaldo's and, you, I mean, obviously, when you think about it, Benzema was, was a record when he was brought in, I think, that was beaten by Ronaldo. But um, it's, it, they are... You know, they're, they're a, f- a phenomenal outfit. I mean, the fact that I think the fact that the, the, there's a period before that where they seem to chronically underachieve in the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, was it? An, it was Ancelotti who won them the the the, the decima, which is the, the the tenth one, wasn't it? And, mm. and obviously that was a huge, huge thing. So they've gone on and won the tenth, the eleventh, the twelfth, the thirteenth, and now unfortunately for us, the fourteenth as well. So. Um... Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch. And those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Don't, I mean, for, so for them to win five European Cups within a very... Was it... Was it 20, 2013 or twenty fourteen when they won the first of the yeah. But so it's within the last de- in the last decade to win five European Cups at a side when at a side when other sides across the continent are, are sort of perceived to have periods of dominance, most notably Barcelona and obviously the the when they had the Neymar, Suarez, Messi sort of triumvirate up front. And I think it. It, it's a bit disrespectful to, to to them, I suppose, because it's been phenomenal what they've done. Um, yeah, you don't need to you, you don't need to hype it up, and, and certainly you won't need to hype it up to to our dressing room. Um, I suppose when you get to these press conferences, it always feels like the manager has to um, he has to be very he has to play it with a straight bat to use a cricket totally because. You don't. The last thing you want to do is give the opposition something to pen <laughs> to pin up in their yeah. dressing room. And that I mean, I mean, remember during our our own run in in two thousand and five, it seemed like every other every other team was like very keen to give us a um, you know give us something to pin on the dressing room wall. Yeah. Um, I think whether it was Emerson famously at Juventus, he did that and was like, oh, you know, 
Um, and I mean, even to the point of overplaying Anfield, the last thing you want to do is for them to be, is to say, oh yeah, you know, wait till they hear the, the power of Anfield and things like that. And it's, <laughs> it's a, and then you sort of, yeah, it, it's not the kind of thing to do. You sort of, um, yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll just, I suppose we'll have to see. Um, you can only you play what comes before you. I mean, I think as as Klopp said in the press conferences, uh, in the press conference, we sh- we could have, we could very well have won in Madrid. I mean, the fitness yeah. of the post, the fitness of the post, and Mane's shot in the first half goes in. Courtois has an exceptional game all round. Um, yeah, and I mean, I mean, was it the the, the stats were saying? You know, we had we, our xG was. Is it is it four or five? <laughs> it's yeah, like, I know. It's like I mean to get an XG of five of four or something in the final, and not and not you know not score. Never mind, not win the game is insane. But it's just one of those. I mean, I, th- I, th- I thought I thought it was quite an interesting thing when obviously um, Klopp was asked um, about the atmosphere in Paris and how and and, and whether that was. Um, Possibly a factor in, in, in mm. having a celebration of football. I think, I think, I think that's something we, you can never really dwell on. I mean, what happened off the pitch is, it, you know, is is just awful, and that hopefully that all gets addressed in yeah in in time. But I think it's I think it's a difficult one for players to ever consider because once again, in terms of playing with a straight bat, I mean. If if Klopp came out and said something along the lines of, "Well, what happened off the pitch affected us," it sounds like sour grapes and excuses, and ultimately right. that that doesn't help us in any. That doesn't help us now in a footballing sense, and it certainly doesn't help us in a fan sense because it draws attention away from those fans. Hopefully, getting justice and compensation for what happened to them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a diff- I mean, that's a, that's a difficult one and, and um, something you can't really ever, yeah, you, you, we'll, we'll suppose we'll never really know the the, actual, the answer to. But um, yeah, I think I think we, yeah we see we see what we we see what comes and um, we see how Real Madrid line up. I mean, potentially you might be missing a few players. Um, I know I think Benzema was missing from the weekend, wasn't he, with injury with an mm. injury? Um, you'd expect someone of that caliber. And of that importance to sort of be playing in a game of this magnitude, um, but you never know. Yeah, and listen, I, I agree with all. They, they said that at the start. It was important to say they they are European royalty, as you said. They've got they've got more experience than anyone you could see. And in, in a way, I'd, I was even thinking about it with people keen to emphasise eleven points behind. I mean, what does that mean? Actually, it could work against us. They'll be more focused on this, thinking we're not going to win the league, aren't they? So they're saving their energy a bit more for for these actual bigger occasions. And no one's got a pedigree like Real Madrid. And no. I think Klopp said it at the press conference as well. I mean, he was name-checking players. I think he, I can't remember who, but there was at least four probably likely to take the field. Obviously, team news aside, he said suspicions, but at least four taking the field have got three to five European Cup victories. So if you don't think it's like one of, at least one of the ultimate tests, then yeah, can't really help you, which we'll try not to, because like you say, it doesn't need hyping, but it's easy to do. But there you go. I mean, 
getting back to us, and they, again, a couple of questions that I liked, and they probed hard some of the journals on the things. Thought it was just some really good questions, asking about us and our last few results and the performances being better, which it, which is an easy topic to get onto. And you know, a, a question like you said, he, I think he straight batted well. So yeah, said that we look more like us again. Keen to emphasise that a few times. But I like what he said. We still have a point to prove. We've still got to get the results. And then he also talked about, which again, personally, I liked. We had this after the World Cup, didn't we? We got a few results and it looked hunky-dory and back to normal. And then obviously everything fell off a cliff, so to speak, didn't he? So he was keen to sort of emphasise that. It's like, yeah, it's good, but still a lot to do. When do you look at it honestly right now? Two victories in a row. I mean, it depends what you want to look at, I suppose, isn't it? Two victories in a row, two clean sheets, tough opposition, big games against, you know, how you see the performance, that type of thing. Are you honestly thinking, Jaxie, yes, we have turned a corner. I think we can, even if we don't win tomorrow, we go on a run. Or have you still got that wariness? Is there still a lot to be proven, do you reckon? I'd say a bit of both. I think the the two performances against Villa and Leicester, uh, uh, arguably we could we could have lost away against Villa, yeah. Um, because I know we had another a couple of I think Nunes had a really good chance one on one. I know I think Salah had a one on one that he that he he didn't get out of his feet um, and he put wide. But conversely, Villa probably had maybe three or four really good chances yeah. to score. And a couple of them were maybe when we at, at, at best we would have been only one nil up. So you know goals change games. So we could we, we could have come out of that game with nothing. The Leicester game, how I mean you know, ultimately, ultimately Leicester score three goals in the game uh, and we get none. But somehow we win two one because um, <laughs> it, it's just you know. So it's uh, I mean that first half performance. I, I, I'm I still scratching my head how we managed to go in 2-1 up because um, we were dreadful. Um, I mean, Tewksbury Hall um, just walked through the centre. I mean, I mean letting, a stately home, <laughs> yeah. letting a stately home walk through the centre of your midfield and just without <laughs> without anyone putting in a challenge or, or approaching him. I mean... Um, I mean, I know, I know, I know. He sounds like royalty, but you know, you you don't have to you don't have to curtsy for him and just let him pass. So that, that that was just that was an insane first half. I mean, we were a little bit better in the second half, but we were put that. But both of those performances, um, certainly the last game, we we you know we possibly we could we could have come away with nothing. Um, whereas the 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 Everton game, we you know we comfortably deserved to win the game. I mean, yeah. And so, and Newcastle, Newcastle had a sort of level of grit to it. It's sort of like, I mean, um... hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable, 
hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. I saw Chris Waddle coming out afterwards saying, if it hadn't been for the Nick Pope sending off and it was a And I'm like, well, you know, (laughs) there you go, Chris. He shouldn't have handled the ball 30 yards from the goal, should he? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, it is what it, it it is what it is, and it it had that sort of element. I mean, when you go away from home against a good team, you're always going to concede some chances because yeah. you can't. But even the um, you know the the, the uh, Alan Wilson chance at the end, it was a good chance, and obviously the way that Gordon squared to him was with everything was right. But it felt like the way that Allison was able to get on top of him very quickly. Yeah, it was like you're gonna. Also, I mean, ultimately, Firmino shouldn't have given the ball away in the centre circle, but it was a chance where it it felt like it felt like us doing everything to mitigate it being as good an opportunity as, as we possibly could within those circumstances. Yeah. And so the way we defended it was actually after losing the ball wasn't it felt it felt a lot more like how we'd we'd get we'd give Allison every opportunity to to make the save, if that makes sense. And yeah. that's that's how that. That's how it felt. Um, same with the, the. It was sort of like we, the older Liverpool when we went away from home. We we would give away chances because sometimes you go away to a good a good team and how can you not? Because that's that's why they're a good team. Yeah. But the idea is that you 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 try and make the chances they get as difficult as possible to convert, and and that's what we were that's what we were really good at, and I think that's what we'd. We'd started giving guilt edge chances away and doing stupid things, and the fact that we've cut out those, well, for me, not giving the ball halfway line aside, um, but then it's how the rest of your team react to someone doing something like that. So, um, I would say it feels a lot. It feels more like turning a corner than than it did after Villa and Leicester, certainly. Yeah, and. Fingers crossed that, like I say, the, the time will tell on that one. I think the point that you made there, got to pick up on, we are that first goal team, aren't we? I think Neil Jones did an article not that long ago, like if you look at the results, any time we win, it's when we get the first goal, which probably hasn't been that much this season because the amount of times we used to go in behind so early. But yeah, it's no, it's no surprise. I know anyone's going to go clean sheet, but you get the early goal against Everton, you get the early goal against Newcastle, and it sets the scene, it gives players a lit. So it will be interesting to see. I almost hope we don't see this. Don't get, you know, don't get me wrong, but if we go behind, can we do this? As we, you know, we say we start to, to turn the corner there. I think probably another point you made, I think, fair, we are still relying on Alisson a lot. Let's be honest, he was man of the match for a reason against Newcastle. Probably a positive that, that Van Dijk's back, no doubt, and hopefully Canate will join him because it doesn't feel like they've played together hardly anything game, this season. Ga- they've played what? They've played one game together. Yeah, because that back because the back the back five that started in Madrid in Paris has only played one game together this season. Crazy, isn't it? And then and it's 
it's not trying to sort of pick on people or select people like you know for for sort of distinct criticism but I just think at the moment especially I mean how many set pieces did Newcastle win on Saturday where they won the first header and you just I always have that worry and listen when I say this about Joe Gomez it's not like I'm saying Joel Matip is anything secure at the moment the way he's been playing but there's just a bit of an issue if it's not Van Dijk and Canate there for me and set pieces so it will be interesting. I mean, listen, we all hope we've turned a corner because there is pretty much no wiggle room left until the end of the season with no. what we're trying to chase. But yeah, time will tell on that one. And then probably the only other thing to really talk about from the press conference, Jagsy, which I do like because he smiled about it a few times when he was asked about the atmosphere. And listen, I'm going tomorrow and I can't wait for it. So he smiled, you know, clever in his language as ever clock, talking about, you know, we'll all go together, you know, Anfield under the lights, all those type of evocative things. He is good with that, as always. I suppose quite a, maybe a simple question, maybe difficult to answer. Everton was good. You know, the Spion Cop 1906 group, they called it as a flag day, etc. You know, it's, it's again been asked for. Do you think it will be better than Derby night? Or is it just too, is it wrong to compare the two, would you say? Yeah, I mean, um, I, yeah, I, I certainly think... Um, Depending on how we start, I mean, obviously, it it because it, it, it's sort of like it's all well and good to have a, the best atmosphere in the world. Um, when you kick off, you kind of for, for it to work, you need to sort of have a way to maintain maintain that throughout the ninety minutes. Um, yeah. I mean, a derby's always going to be a vociferous one, um, and if anything, I mean, given the given the form going into the derby. Um, you probably ha- you, you probably it probably felt like we needed to do something to lift ourselves and and remi- you know and remind us that we the, the part that we play um, on nights like these. I mean, this obviously if you I mean, if, if if you need anyone if, if you need any anything special to to get you get you up for a game against Real Madrid, then yeah, <laughs> you got to ask whether you're whether you're in the right sport, I guess, or, or so. Um, it, is, it is a funny one, but I think the atmosphere off the back of two very good wins mm. is going to be better, if anything, um, because there's this going to be a natural lift, um, and and I think we're gonna, I think we'd go into it like more often. I, I think we'd go into it because of what we because of what we've known in the past as supporters. I mean, um, when you consider some of the results in the Istanbul season, my God, yeah. You know, getting beat two 0 away at Southampton, who did, I think no, they did go down in the end, didn't they? So, um, mm. so obviously we bought Crouch off them that season, but um, so we got beat by them away. Um, we got beat away at Bolton. Um, God, we, you know, we had some shocking results <laughs> yeah. that season. Like, um, so yeah, and then. And you'd have, and he, he, I mean, there's been other times. I mean, he got beat two, two one in the, uh, at home against Barnsley, and then on the on the following Tuesday, we we go and beat and the the Inter the Inter Milan team that was sort of like champions of Europe a season or two right. after. In in the that's in the noughties under Benitez. So, it you know the European Cup's the European Cup, um, the champ or Champions League, whatever you want to call it. Sort of domestic form often goes out the window. You know, we've we've seen that from other teams. And I think we are 
you, you don't necessarily have to be the greatest team in your own country at any one time to be able to, to throw in incredible performances. And I think that's something that our, our neighbours down the East Lanks Road sometimes forgot <laughs> during certain periods of their history. You know, because there's been times when we've won the European Cup and we haven't necessarily been spectacular at home. Um, yeah. What was it? Even in the seven, even in the seventies, when we won it for like the second time, we we finished relatively poorly in the league. Um, not that not that I can remember. Thank God. Yeah. But uh, I'm not that old. Um, but yeah, so it, it is what it is. You just we, we, we um, turn up turn up make, make as much noise as possible and then hopefully the, the players will, will, will pick up on that and run with it and then if we keep on running for 90 minutes then I think they'll get the, they'll get the back in for 90 minutes so yeah it will be I, I do think it'll be electric and I think yeah from, from what you said there the one thing I thought when I was thinking about the two is with Everton obviously you think about the run of form before we were going with we're going to make this atmosphere big but there's maybe more hope than expectation. You know, yeah. they almost like they not to take it out on the players, it's unfair, but you don't feeling like, come on, you owe us one. This has been terrible recently. So, you know, we're gonna really sort of back you. We need to see it. This time, again, a far different test, far more difficult test in another way, especially with what they have served up, that there's a belief now. That's probably the word I'd say. It's been a few, you know, few results. It just feels like it's starting to turn. But I think the fans know as well, if we are gonna get a result. The players are going to need us to, like you said, turn up, make noise, that wall of sound, flags everywhere, that type of thing. It's, and you shouldn't really need that in a game like this. You know, it's just natural. But, God, even thinking about it now gets me excited. But yes, fingers crossed, Anfield, I have no doubt, will be absolutely electric come kickoff time tomorrow night. So, probably the only other thing I think, because we kind of we have talked about it there, but I do want to visit and we always do this on on the pod we look back to the last game so Newcastle clues I mean like you said we talked about the performance like strange to think we were 2-0 up so early on not playing that well but if Newcastle are going to leave big space for Gapo and Nunes to waltz into and Trent to drop a ball in there bash on lads and then yeah Nick Pope with, with his craziness so an interesting game then we're still relying as you said on like Alisson making saves we're really not that great but maybe there's the other side to it have we mentally checked out a little bit when it's 2-0 10 men that type of thing to it probably the one thing I've, we've got to ask this Jaxie about certain players we always do a segment called anyone play their way in or out from that lineup so we've got to start talking about a few players now Klopp said there's a chance for Darwin we you know, his shoulder and there's an afternoon training which might give it, you know, hopefully we see it. I suppose let's let's keep it simple. If Darwin's fit, Darwin's playing. Yeah. Darwin's playing like that, that we don't really need to debate that. I suppose I'll ask you a little bit to I know it's moving to formation and lineup. If Darwin's not fit, what are you thinking in your head based on, as you said, you know, people getting twenty minutes, half an hour and here and there, who's ready? So Darwin isn't fit. What are you thinking? I'd say, well, I'd say it depends what kind of fitness it is, because um, I presume it's from the the Trippier, uh, the, when Nunes fouled Trippier. <laughs> yeah. uh, my God, I mean, the standard. Well, there's enough said about the standard refereeing in this country, isn't there? So, um, yeah, I presume it's the sort of shoulder injury he got then. In which case, you, I'm I'm sort of thinking, well, 
I think he plays. I, I think he'll play. I, I think it'd be a case of you play with discomfort. Um, and that reminds me of a player that Nunes obviously gets compared to um, a reasonable amount in terms of, I think when we played when we played Madrid in 2009, we had a, we had uh, Fernando Torres who was given painkilling injections before the yeah. game came through, and then he has an absolute blinder, scores the first, um, terrorizes them all night um, against the great Sergio Ramos, um, and we win four nil. So fingers crossed that's an omen. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think that if it's if it's a shoulder sort of injury. And as long as it doesn't it doesn't physically stop him moving, I think he, I think he gets an injection or to, or you know finds a way to play because yeah. I don't think it, it wouldn't strike me as the kind of I mean you know physio that I am uh, I it, it feels like the kind of injury that someone would play through. Um, well, and I, and I hope that's the case because he's been. You know, he's probably been our best player in the last two games. Um, yeah. And yeah, well, well, if he if he doesn't play, I, th- I think you're obviously assessing who's playing the best fitness out of Jota and Firmino. Um, because I don't, I, I think that you're probably thinking Jota as well because the, he's probably got a bit more pace about him. Mm. Uh, potentially looking at the the relationship. Whether whether him and Gakpo could have have a sort of relationship down that left and center in the center, um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully that's that's not a conversation we're having, um, and it, and and that, that Nunes ultimately starts. But um, yeah, that that's uh, that that is obviously a worry, but we'll see. Yeah, it is a it is a tough one. It sounds it's almost the the positive. It's trying not to be sort of too disheartened by. You know, when you see things, it's great. Jota returning, Bobby and all this. But just always feels like we can never have nice things, doesn't it? Because just as soon as we get back, Darwin starts to hit some real form and looks like almost the composure element and now this. So, fingers crossed, he starts. I suppose the middle of the park, This, I mean, the middle of the park is always going to be talked about. It feels every game. And funnily enough, having not started games for a while, Fabinho and Hendo join Wee Badge in the middle for consecutive games. Now, I suppose we look at the, the Newcastle game and make, listen, maybe this works out as a bit of a bonus for the manager that he does take Hendo and Badge off around the hour mark pretty much. Thinking ahead for this one, do you think, honestly, Jaxie, that's towards this one? I suppose I know it's a bit ahead to formation and line-up. Who do you see as the middle three against Madrid? What are you thinking? I, I, I think he, he probably goes with that same that same midfield three. I mean, what which is a phenomenal vote of confidence in in Stefan Bajetic to set to to say, look, yeah, we're playing against arguably you know the most famous club side in the world. Yeah. Um, there you go. Go and um, go, go and show what you can do. Um, I mean, which is incredible, really, isn't it? When you consider where I mean, he he said it himself through the week about how far he's come from playing. Um, you know, under 18s football, Crazy. Uh, to all of a sudden doing this. Um, but I, th- I think Henderson's more the worry. It's not just a case of um, like kind of trying to keep him fresh, and 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 because when because what the fresher he is, the better he plays. Yeah. Um, but then, 
conversely, you, I, I always feel like the more if 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 we have if we're sort of pressed into playing him relentlessly because we don't have other options, then he, he, he's always on the verge of picking up an injury. Uh, and then, and then you obviously back to square one, and you're sort of trying to press sort of square pegs into round holes. Um, so I think him managing Henderson. I mean, there's no way. I mean, if, if you if you captain fit, having played twice and had and having been taken off in the last game, I think he starts. No question. Yeah. And then potentially you might be looking. Well, I mean, you're more likely to be able to play Naby Keita away at at, at, um, at Crystal Palace. Than, than you are in a league game in a Champions League game against Real yeah. Madrid. So, um, you know when you need to be smothering those, you know the incredible midfielders that they have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean that's one thing I was thinking when you were talking about them being 11, 11 points behind Barcelona. Obviously, they they've just played in the World Cup Championship, so they've just done a lot of travelling. Um, you know, albeit it's going to be first class, and, and but and, and they've obviously won, and um, yeah. but still, it's a, it's an extra two games, and then they've had to play more midweek games, and um, they, I mean, in, in I know in Spain that they normally like to give the Champions League teams either a week a weekend off, yeah, or totally, can move the games to the Friday. And I noticed they were playing after we'd played on Saturday mm. night, so um, I mean. Um, and when you are that far behind Barcelona, you know you can't afford to really to rest up. I mean, I know they won the the last two games against Osasuna and uh, Elche. Yeah. Um, so they won them four nil and two nil. They, they won against Osasuna two nil away. But you know, still, it's it, it's games in legs and. Um... I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My LibertyShield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout but yeah we'll, we'll see we'll, um, we'll, we'll see what we do interesting so Jackson and I made note of that for his lineup has kept the same midfield which means as he is easily the most polarising player in the fan base. The cater lovers will hate you and the cater haters will love you. So that's the nature of Liverpool fans for some, isn't it? So probably the only other thing I can think is, this, I'm not even going to talk about anything like the full-backs changing. You know, we know largely what it's going to be, bar an injury. The only other thing for anyone played their way in and out. It's an interesting one because if you read social media, you'd think he's 
been awful. And, you know, I'm watching myself. I wouldn't use those words, but, you know, there's still questions there. But at the same time, it's two clean sheets in a row. Joe Gomez, has he done enough? Would you? Because it's always the debate, isn't it, that Madrid aren't necessarily big in the air. You know, he's got pace, but Matic brings it out from the back. Which, you know, you, you could kind of argue this a little bit all day, but has Gomez done enough to stay there? Well, I, I think Klopp likes to have consistency, and when he's when you're considering. The, I think the biggest danger is going to be down that left hand side with with, uh, with Vinicius Junior and yeah and, the, and, the, and if that's going to be where Gomez is playing in that sort of you know and, he, and he's going to be looking at covering for Trent then I think his recovery pace is going to be huge um, so I think that's the one asset that he has more so than the Matic potentially that that kind of mm. makes him. That makes him the the player that I think you're more likely to keep in. Um, we'll just—I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, the, I mean, the similar thing to Henderson in terms of you don't you don't always feel like you want to give Joe Gomez too many games on on the spin um, yeah. because of because of what's happened in the past. But I don't think we're really in a position where we have the luxury of being able to change too often. So. Um, Certainly until Canate is back, um, and then and, and then I think we see from there. Yeah, I think I think most fans will see it that way. It's it's kind of the way it the way it's shaped out last season. I mean that that Matic was in the conversation alongside Canate, wasn't it? But just the yeah. the way it's gone this season, it's almost VVD and Canate. And like you said, the fact they only played once together, and then it just felt mm. like. Matic's now become a, a distant third, fourth race with Gomez. But listen, fingers crossed, one of them's going to play. One of them's going to be needed to have a massive game tomorrow night, no doubt. So hopefully it shove those words back down my throat. I mean, you're thinking as well about Madrid. Let me talk about their threats. I mean, the only thing that seems to be doing the rounds on social media, and I know we say on social media, because it's when it breaks from somewhere like Mars, it means they're probably training as we speak, but... Tony Cruz, two of many, apparently out for different reasons. Flu, gastroenteritis, so we'll see. Ancelotti has said that Carvajal will start specifically, and there's a big suggestion on the left, because he's played Camavinga quite a lot on the left, the midfielder, but Mendy, their normal left-back's out as well for definite. So with if if Cruz and two of many are out, you think Camavinga comes into the middle. It's, it's like when people are saying they've got like, oh, you know, they'll struggle in the midfield. They've got Camavinga. Modric, Valverde, yeah, do you know, and there's still like Sabalios on the bench type of thing. So I think there does need to be a bit of realism on that. Yeah, it'll be okay. You've mentioned, yeah, you've mentioned that. I think they'll survive. Probably the threat everyone talks about Vinicius Junior, especially thinking down that left hand side where he's going to be. So you're going to need Trent to be on his game, that type of thing. I suppose there's there's threats throughout the pitch because you don't want to go sort of through them one by one, but. Thinking about that Vinicius Junior one specifically, Jaxi, will there be any, do you think, special measures? Do you think, I know very much the fullbacks in recent games we talked about, they've tucked inside or played more traditional roles rather than bombing on. Do you think that will be the big focus for Trent or any other sort of special measures you're thinking will adopt for them? I think it'd be more a case of you, you try and stop you, you try and stop the balls getting getting put into positions where they can really hurt you. I mean, um, 
I mean, it's one of those. I mean, if he's getting the ball out wide, I mean, like you like you were saying, are they going? He's not the kind of winger who's going to be getting the ball out wide and then being able to throw or throwing crosses in. With, yeah, it's more a case of you watching Modric for for those sorts of balls um, because of the ability he has. And I suppose that Klopp would always argue that. Well, well, it feels like Klopp would argue that the whole sack is the best form of defence thing, especially with someone like Trent. So. Ultimately, if if Trent's going forward and picking up the balls in dangerous areas, then then someone like Vinicius is gonna have. If he doesn't track back, then Trent's gonna have much more opportunity to cause problems for that for them uh, in defence. So, yeah. you know, can, um, you know, potentially a big game for 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 Robertson down the other side as well. Um, with, I mean, will he play Rodrigo? Um, I don't know. So, and, and, and kind of what what works are you going to do? Track him back, because um, I thought he was sensational at times against Everton, um, mm. and 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 he's he's felt like one player whose form hasn't really sort of dipped in the same way um, this season. So, um, yeah, I, I I think there's an opportunity. There's there's an opportunity there, and. Um, and Okay, the, he is an exceptional footballer, um, and it's you know it's not just his pace and his and his trickery. He's obviously very clever with how he makes those runs, and um, and you know I mean there was a question in the press conference about him, um, like deliberately winding people up. Yeah, I, I mean I, I I think that's something that um, when I, I think in the when you're in the stadium, you know you go berserk at players, and and, and you know um, yeah. But, but ultimately, as uh, when if you're an intelligent football fan, you know that that is part of the game and has been part of the game since time immemorial. Mm. So, when, so you know, you, you, it, I mean, you know, the 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 Cristiano Ronaldo wink at it when when he got Rooney sent off and things like that. It's just the the Simeone one. I mean, this is obviously international ones, but those sorts of things are sort of. Part and part. I mean, I used to do that when I played eleven aside football, and I'm the biggest. I swear on this podcast, can I? Um, house. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, so going. So, um, yeah, it's, just, it's just part and parcel of the game. So, um, play whoever whoever's coming up against him, whether it be Trent or someone like Henderson. I think they're all they're all more than more than mature enough to. Um, to understand what he's going to be trying to do, and I'm sure that the the, the Anfield crowd will be more than uh, more than keen enough to let the referee know that he's if he does engage in, in any sort of um, gamesmanship or anything like that. But yeah, you know, we've we've seen it, we've seen all that sort of thing before from, yeah. from many from many many players. So I don't I don't think it's a big issue. Yeah, I, I think like you said, there is so there's so many threats across that pitch. Like you, see, you, you don't have to name check them all, but it, in all areas where they can hurt us, and the, on the other side where we we can hurt them. So it's not so much maybe enough special measures, maybe the wrong phrase, but yeah, we just have to be be mindful. You know, watch him. Like say, keep it tight at certain times. If Trent's going to go, it's got to be at the right time as well, so to speak. And I have zero doubt there's going to be times. They are going to be throwing themselves. Of course they are. It's naturally part of the game, trying to get free kicks, slow it down, win it that way. So it's all about how we adapt to that. But there's so many subplots going on tomorrow. We're not even there. I suppose 
The next bit that we always talk about, I mean, we've shown our hands a little bit here in regards to formation and lineup. I mean, as you said, we're both praying Nunes is fit, but you've gone 4 3 3 again, same formation, same personnel as against Newcastle. The only one I'm just thinking, and this, this really isn't, I'll be clear, a toss of a coin. I just wonder if Joel Matic gets the nod, possibly, just on the occasion that he could also bring the ball out when it's tight, it's another option. But if Gomez got it, it wouldn't surprise me. I think if everything sounds strange, if everyone was fit, I have a feeling we might have seen a 4-2-3-1 with four forwards on the pitch just to, you know, try and out-hustle them a little bit that way and create. But like you said, it's great they're back. Yes, they're back. But if Darwin's out, you've got that worry. Is Jota ready? Is Bobby ready? I'm struggling to see it. Well, yeah, I mean... um... I mean, I mean, they've both had going on for you know forty minutes in in the two games, haven't they? Yeah. Um, so the only way they're going to get they're going to get back is by playing, and they're going to have had another another couple of days training. They're going to mm. have had another couple of another couple of game another couple of opportunities to get match sharp in game. So I think that, that's another one, isn't it? And because at some point you're going to probably need both of them off the bench, where they were, where they were, where they were looking for goals because we're behind, you know, hopefully not. But if we were behind, you'd be thinking, well, we're we going to throw them on. Yeah. Um, if we're, if we're in front, you're potentially thinking you want Firmino's energy uh, and and his you know ability to drop deep and help out, and then you know. You know, potentially thread a pass through for 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 a player to run onto and hopefully score on the counter attack against them. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think one way or another they get on the pitch at some point because if you've got True. five, if you've got five subs and you're thinking, well, you want to bring on your best players, I think those two are are some of our best players. Certainly, the one the best players who are going to be on the bench anyway. Um, so we'll just um, we'll we'll see. I mean. And um, I mean, even a someone who's approaching match fitness, um, and ma- well, match sharpness as opposed to match fitness, they're still going to be able to do, going to be offering more than than we had from the bench in 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 only a couple of weeks ago. So true. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I I actually think I'd I'd almost be more surprised if we didn't see five subs in this game. I'd almost be astonished, like you say, if it wasn't. Jota getting on, Bobby getting on specifically at some point. I also I'd bet good money, especially after his sort of hat trick of slide tackles, that James Milner gets on at oh, some Mil- point. No, just no way, no way he doesn't. No, Milner comes on. I mean, I wouldn't. I'd be surprised if he doesn't bring. Um, I mean, given given the number of games he has, I mean, he likes uh, he likes a fullback substitution in the Champions League, if I, if I remember correctly. So it wouldn't surprise me if 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 what you said and Matic does start. Well, or I mean, he might bring Matip on, move Matip to centre half, move yeah. Joe Gomez to 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 to, to right full back. Um, wouldn't surprise me if Simicast gets a gets a run. Um, I'd be I'd be surprised if Kite doesn't get on the on the field at some point. Mm. Um, given how you know his pressing ability. Um, so I mean I mean it it it's a it's a forty. Hang on, I've lost count. It's a sixty. It's a sixteen. It's a sixteen man game now. So, there you go. 
yeah, just play all 17, it'll be fine. But no, I agree. I think, yeah, we'll, we'll see subs. It's honestly, Mouse Watering talking about this tie, which only leaves one final thing where beat the host, Jagsy. So I am looking for the correct score and your first Liverpool goal scorer tomorrow night. 3 1 Van Dyke, Liverpool 3 1 Van Dyke. Wow. 3-1 Van Dyke. That sounds like a shout from left field, but we would take it all day long. I am going to go, because it's probably similar to you, I couldn't see us keeping a, a clean sheet against a team like them. So I'm going to go 2-1. And I can never, especially now, Darwin's touch and go, apparently, Mo Salah. So I'm going 2-1 Salah against Jagsy's 3-1 Van Dyke, which, to be honest, I would love both to be true, but I would take yours all day long. So, you know what? Do you, do you still have... I think it's it's a, it's a thing to forget about the fact that there is no away goals now, because yeah. when you when you think about that, I mean, ultimately, in the olden days, if you'd got a 2-0 in the Champions League, you'd have, you'd have felt, oh, that's a really good... 2-0 yeah, going yeah. away to Madrid, you'd have felt that's a really good, really good performance. We've kept it tight and everything like that. But ultimately, if you win three one now, it's like exactly, exactly the same, isn't it? So yeah. it doesn't make a difference. Whereas you'd still have that sort of when when you're discussing it, like we are now, you have that sort of element of trepidation where you're like, oh, I think I think this is just this still oh dear, we go. I know. Still haunted by by a Leverkusen and was it two thousand and two? Yeah, exactly. Even like that that Atletico Madrid one where Adrian just let him in, basically. So. Yeah, probably it does carry that that mystique almost still, doesn't it? But as long as we head to the Bernabeu with some sort of advantage, we'll feel we are well and truly in it. But, well, ladies and gents, we have been fully round the houses there. So massive thanks to Jagsy for his time. Fingers crossed the next time you're hearing me, we'll be talking about how we took apart the great Real Madrid. But for now, that is another post-conference presser. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.